Chapter 51 of Astoria, or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Agreement between Mr. Astor and the Russian Fur Company. War between the United States and Great Britain. Instructions to Captain Soul of the Beaver. Fitting out of the Lark. News of the arrival of Mr. Stewart. It is now necessary, in linking together the parts of this excursive narrative, that we notice the proceedings of Mr. Astor in support of his great undertaking. His project with respect to the Russian establishments along the northwest coast had been diligently prosecuted. The agent sent by him to St. Petersburg to negotiate in his name as president of the American Fur Company had, under sanction of the Russian government, made a provisional agreement with the Russian company. By this agreement, which was ratified by Mr. Astor in 1813, the two companies bound themselves not to interfere with each other's trading and hunting grounds, nor to furnish arms and ammunition to the Indians. They were to act in concert also against all interlopers, and to succor each other in case of danger. The American company was to have the exclusive right of supplying the Russian posts with goods and necessaries, receiving peltries in payment at stated prices. They were also, if so requested by the Russian governor, to convey the furs of the Russian company to Canton, sell them on commission, and bring back the proceeds at such freight as might be agreed on at the time this agreement was to continue in operation four years and to be renewable for a similar term unless some unforeseen contingency should render a modification necessary it was calculated to be of great service to the infant establishment at astoria dispelling the fears of hostile rivalry on the part of the foreign companies in its neighborhood and giving a formidable blow to the irregular trade along the coast it was also the intention of Mr. Astor to have coasting vessels of his own at Astoria of small tonnage and draught of water fitted for coasting service. These, having a place of shelter and deposit, could ply about the coast in short voyages in favorable weather, and would have vast advantage over chance ships, which must make long voyages, maintain numerous crews, and could only approach the coast at certain seasons of the year. He hoped, therefore, gradually to make Astoria the great emporium of the American fur trade in the Pacific, and the nucleus of a powerful American state unfortunately for these sanguine anticipations before mr astor had ratified the agreement as above stated war broke out between the united states and great britain he perceived at once the peril of the case the harbor of new york would doubtless be blockaded and the departure of the annual supply ship in the autumn prevented or, if she should succeed in getting out to sea, she might be captured on her voyage. In this emergency he wrote to Captain Soule, commander of the Beaver. The letter, which was addressed to him at Canton, directed him to proceed to the factory at the mouth of the Columbia, with such articles as the establishment might need, and to remain there, subject to the orders of Mr. Hunt, should that gentleman be in command there. The war continued. No tidings had yet been received from Astoria. 
the dispatches having been delayed by the misadventure of mr reed at the falls of the columbia and the unhorsing of mr stewart by the crows among the mountains a painful uncertainty also prevailed about mr hunt and his party nothing had been heard of them since their departure from the arikara village lisa who parted from them there had predicted their destruction and some of the traders of the northwest company had actually spread a rumor of their having been cut off by the indians it was a hard trial of the courage and means of an individual to have to fit out another costly expedition where so much had already been expended so much uncertainty prevailed and where the risk of loss was so greatly enhanced that no insurance could be effected in spite of all these discouragements mr astor determined to send another ship to the relief of the settlement he selected for this purpose a vessel called the lark remarkable for her fast sailing the disordered state of the times however caused such a delay that february arrived while the vessel was yet lingering in port at this juncture mr astor learnt that the northwest company were preparing to send out an armed ship of twenty guns called the isaac todd to form an establishment at the mouth of the columbia these tidings gave him great uneasiness a considerable proportion of the persons in his employ were scotchmen and canadians and several of them had been in the service of the northwest company should mr hunt have failed to arrive at astoria the whole establishment would be under the control of mr mcdougall of whose fidelity he had received very disparaging accounts from captain thorne the british government also might deem it worth while to send a force against the establishment having been urged to do so some time previously by the northwest company under all these circumstances mr astor wrote to mr monroe then secretary of state requesting protection from the government of the united states he represented the importance of his settlement in a commercial point of view and the shelter it might afford to the american vessels in those seas all he asked was that the american government would throw forty or fifty men into the fort at his establishment which would be sufficient for its defence until he could send reinforcements overland he waited in vain for a reply to this letter the government no doubt being engrossed at the time by an overwhelming crowd of affairs the month of march arrived and the lark was ordered by mr astor to put to sea the officer who was to command her shrunk from his engagement and in the exigency of the moment she was given in charge to mr northrop the mate mr nicholas g ogden a gentleman on whose talents and integrity the highest reliance could be placed sailed as supercargo the lark put to sea in the beginning of march eighteen thirteen by this opportunity mr astor wrote to mr hunt as head of the establishment at the mouth of the columbia for he would not allow himself to doubt of his welfare i always think you are well said he and that i shall see you again which heaven i hope will grant he warned him to be on his guard against any attempts to surprise the post 
suggesting the probability of armed hostility on the part of the northwest company and expressing his indignation at the ungrateful returns made by that association for his frank and open conduct and advantageous overtures were i on the spot said he and had the management of affairs i would defy them all but as it is everything depends upon you and your friends about you our enterprise is grand and deserves success and i hope in god it will meet it if my object was merely gain of money i should say think whether it is best to save what we can and abandon the place but the very idea is like a dagger to my heart this extract is sufficient to show the spirit and the views which actuated mr astor in this great undertaking week after week and month after month elapsed without anything to dispel the painful incertitude that hung over every part of this enterprise though a man of resolute spirit and not easily cast down the dangers impending over this darling scheme of his ambition had a gradual effect upon the spirits of mr astor he was sitting one gloomy evening by his window revolving over the loss of the tonquin and the fate of her unfortunate crew and fearing that some equally tragical calamity might have befallen the adventurers across the mountains when the evening newspaper was brought to him the first paragraph that caught his eye announced the arrival of mr stewart and his party at st louis with intelligence that mr hunt and his companions had effected their perilous expedition to the mouth of the columbia this was a gleam of sunshine that for a time dispelled every cloud and he now looked forward with sanguine hope to the accomplishment of all his plans End of chapter 51